0: The beats, the beats, the flow, the, flow the, rhythm. the rhythm. All movements start from the streets. The streets saying our podcast. sometimes i just miss people that can just speak clearly into a microphone and actually say something you know what i'm saying like Mm. listen i love my new school little homies but damn i'll be missing like just uh english and diction and proper punctuation sometimes like an enunciation man enunciates enunciates man it's it's refreshing that was a throwback you know Fucked around and stepped into a a big hit on accident. Another one. Yeah, another one. (laughs) Another one. Another one. And look, we just going to keep this rolling because we're going to have some else later this week. But man, this is just amazing. uh Amazing. Divine timing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So divine that the man that was on the microphone got the same phone issue as Johnny here. Man. <laughs> it didn't make no sense. I thought it was my phone for a second. I'm like, dang, who done got my other phone? <laughs> man, it is good to be here once again, man. Yeah. Uh, rolling. Rolling. That's how get, we snowballing. Man. In but, this heat, this hot-ass heat.
1: Episode 26?
0: This is, uh, yes sir. It's 26. It's 26. We passed the quota. Yeah. That's passed a lot of people's quota. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man. Um, episode 26, Street Saying Our Podcast. Mm. Uh look, they hype, they hype in the back. Oh do no, <laughs> the lyrics on did something, man. Listen, <laughs> yeah. It was the beat for me. Yeah. I was listen, like, hey,
1: listen. I'm like, hey, who made that? Yeah. Thing, just you know what I'm saying?
0: Some smooth boom bap. We're gonna ask him in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got a. Uh, we definitely got royalty in the building we got someone who we look up to mm. and i think the whole omaha community looked up to for a very very long time and continue mm. to do so mm. i remember y'all remember we had our poetry event and this is one of the individuals who had to give us that blessing uh-huh. before we could just jump out there like that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always good to consult you know the people the pioneers and the uh, the the elders in the game mm-hmm. before you just do something so you know you you know you get doing it right. It's like uh you know the old proverb you gotta you gotta ask before you can speak when you're the youngest. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's always good that that the the elders the elder statesmen they get first say mm. and they can get only say if they choose to.
2: Mm.
0: But this person this individual allowed us to speak and let others speak mm. in the name of uh spoken word and poetry man uh. A true gem to everybody she comes in contact with. Man, a dope ass beatboxer and shit. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you found your husband. <laughs> Y'all see? Let me, I was gonna just drop. It. So you just got to do a, a whole tape, even if it's an EP you rhyming and her beatboxing
2: oh my god you know he beatboxes too so we have a blast <laughs> rhyming and oh man <laughs> like that listen that is that's, a, that's a great idea actually you gotta now you gotta do it
0: before the episode drops so don't nobody steal an idea at least get it you know one one track out one track
2: like ep on the way oh the cashers <laughs> we we're just talking about that that's our last name so cashers right So uh we're working on something. Yeah, man,
0: but we definitely got some royalty in the building. Mm -hmm. Um we got our great our auntie, (laughs) our blessed auntie, Miss Felicia Casher in the building with love Felicia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And alongside her, we got her king. Who just happened to just, that was him spitting. Man. I didn't, we didn't know. Man. We got, we learned today. Man,
1: got straight learned.
0: Man. Grand agent. Grand agent in the building, man.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> man, we are so glad
2: y'all here. Man.
0: We're
3: glad
2: to be here. Yeah, man. thanks for having us. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. I just,
1: uh, yeah, before we get started, man, you know, um, yeah, it ain't too many guests where before we get started, I got to speak. And uh, before we get started, I got to speak. Um, yeah, what you and Michelle was able to do with verbal gumbo, uh, the platform that y'all created for young artists and the ability for young artists to not only get paid, but to know that they were worthy of being paid for their artistic abilities and values that they bring is something I can't quantify. Uh, Zig tape too. I remember coming down there to the verbal gumbos and testing all my materials for Zig Tape too. So I just wanna thank you. You know, um <laughs> I get the chance to all the time to talk to your son. Yeah. A phenomenal young man. And I just get to tell him that I don't think he all the way knows who his mother is, what his mother represents, and it would not be no Johnny no good if there wasn't for no verbal gumbo. So thank you.
2: Oh my goodness. Um I feel very blessed and humbled by your words, Johnny. Um Thank you. That's really all I can say. I whew, yeah, thank you.. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. You too, Eric. I heard you in the introduction and um, I say I am not only humble, but I'm honored that both of you are doing this work to continue to carry the baton of artistic um, expression and bringing people together for the greatest good. And I, I just want to say, as I, I do, if you you notice the kind of posts I make, like deep bow to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Doing a phenomenal job.
0: Thank you. And with that, just so people have some background. He mentioned Verbal Gumbo. Yes. Can you explain to the folks who don't know? Because, you know, it's a whole generation gap yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> and so explain to people what. What is
2: because it's no longer was. Right. Yeah. What is Verbal Gumbo? So Verbal Gumbo is a spoken word open mic that also celebrates the creative in every facet. Mm. So you can be a novice, poet, you can be a master, wordsmith, you can be an MC, you can be a singer, and um you can have a small business, you can be an artist. But what we do in this space is we celebrate, we praise. It's, it's, a, it's a cleansing of the soul on the mic. Mm-hmm. It's a cleansing of the heart in the space. It's a connection of soul. I call it soul church because we believe in praise. Mm-hmm. And we're going to praise you whether you're on the mic. We're going to praise you whether you have a business. We're going to praise you if mm-hmm. you're an artist and you're showcasing your work. We're going to come together for the greatest good. Of our community as creative and celebrating love on you. Mm. You know, so um verbal gumbo is like gumbo, you know, but the roux and the ingredients are the people, mm. the passion, the love, the connection, the mm. culture, the diversity. Mm. So, um, so verbal gumbo is a spoken word open mind for everybody that um is listening. It manifested in 2011, and we're having a reunion tomorrow mm-hmm. at the Benson Theater, mm-hmm. uh, June 16th, to honor Juneteenth, as well as just come back mm-hmm. and give people a little space. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Man, that's we're so appreciative of just that platform and being there. Um that was one of my first dates with my wife.
3: What mm. is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: what's up. Yeah, that was that was that was early, early. So um I'm always appreciative of that atmosphere and what it provided in that space and not just the physical space, but just the space to kind of be and yeah. see others be, whatever that is for them. So yeah, it's amazing. Um, and this is gonna be a question to to both of you in your respective skill sets what was the uh pilot what's the start of you being a wordsmith and um in your own retrospect so as a poet what started you on that journey and mr mr agent over here also it's gonna be the same question what started you on that journey of being a wordsmith and and where are you coming out of I think your homes, your home bases have a lot to do with that.
2: Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want me to start? Okay. You know, interestingly enough, and it's funny how things work in divine order, my base was hip hop. Mm. So when hip hop hit the scene and finally got to Omaha, Nebraska, Mm. you know, because of course it had been in other spaces and places, um, I saw men in the hip hop game and I was like, yo, what are they doing? That is like dope. I just love the idea of being an MC. Like I was like, this, this feels like fast poetry. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, you know, based on what I had learned in school and I loved it. And I just was so attracted to the intonation, the storytelling mm. Um because when hip-hop hit the scene for me, it was either party music or they were telling you a story about life, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a little different from some of the work I hear now. No judgment, but you know, I guess it changes over time and space and then hopefully it comes back to the basis, Mm -hmm. right? And the basics. But I just loved um, the art of emceeing. And so the first thing I did was, I was an emcee. My name was Madame Feline. Mm. -hmm. I was so um, I would go home and practice and write my rhymes because the boys at the time and I know we have different gender terms now but at the time when I was coming up there was boys, two, and, girls. boys and girls I just want to put that out there no judgment to anybody else's definition or how they define themselves now in this present moment but boys were the ones rapping mm-hmm. So I went home and practiced. I pulled out my pencil and my pen and I would write so I could come back to school and get in the cypher with the boys. And I would write, 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 write. And I was like, oh, I got to be a part of this, you know, because mm-hmm. it was so exciting. And then we had ciphers. So when you had a problem with somebody, you didn't, sometimes you didn't fist fight them. You battled them, you know, lyrically. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, like this is just so friggin' dope. And then I was around people who also were, <coughs> Um, loving hip-hop. So there were DJs, like DJ Real, there uh, the were Young Rebels, um, your mentor, because he was a part of Young, yep, they were a part of the Young Rebels, and they was out and had a crew. So you saw it happening, but you didn't see a lot of women. You didn't see a lot of girls. So I did my best to be like, I want to be in this energy, this fire, this storytelling, like to tell my story. And so I first started off as a battle rapper, Niggas bars. I was listen. I remember one of my first bars. And it went like, walk by feet feed line and don't say excuse me. I throw a rhyme that'll hit you like a Uzi. Like, I remember, hey, <laughs> you know uh, what I'm saying? Like, that was, I was like, well, I got to come hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I saw beatboxing. And I was like, well, I got to do that too. Because the guys was only doing that. So then I would go home and practice. You know, I would go home and practice, right? And I was like, this is so fly. So then, what happened when I was in middle school? At the time, we called it junior high at Nathan Hill. Miss Shirley Terrell took me under her wing, and she was like, "I think you would like poetry. Have you, you know, have you ever written poetry?" And I was like, Whoa, tell me about it." So she told me about it, and um, then she got me involved in like the NAACP's Axel Awards um, and competi- competition, rather. And I wrote a poem, and um, I won in nebraska and got to compete in california so i was like oh this is cool because poetry is nothing more than the basis of hip-hop right mm-hmm. the base, well not the basis of hip-hop because hip-hop is a culture but the basis of emceeing right mm-hmm. and so then it became just whatever i felt and then i moved more into poetry but when i <clears throat> think about it you know if i feel like playing around with my husband you know we'll rhyme and have fun but it's still in me. You know mm. what I mean? Like, if I ever needed to pull it out, I suppose I could. Mm. And I still love beatboxing. So that's part of Verbal Gumba, right? We beatbox the birthday. Yep. We always do that. <laughs> you, you never see that anywhere else. But that's one of the things that we do. So I've just kept it with me. So that is the foundation um, of how I got started and be- became a poet. And I love it. So hip hop was my mama, you know, <laughs> my mother and my father, mm. you know.
0: Man, I can only imagine y'all in the house,
2: like about to have an argument. Like, man, turn the beat on. <laughs> we don't do that, <laughs> but we do have some funny moments. Like, it's a lot of humor in our house. It's a lot of humor in our house.
0: Mr. Grand Agent, man. Yeah. What's up, man? Tell the What's people up? who you are, man.
4: Man, this is uh it's a pleasant surprise right here. Um, so yeah, grand agent, right? So, you know, I grew up in Philadelphia. Um as far as how I started, you know, I grew up um, in the 80s, you know, late uh, mid to late 80s, as you know, hip hop was just becoming very powerful. And, uh, you know, Philadelphia being <clears throat> the history that it has in terms of <clears throat> everybody knows gambling health, Philly International, dah, dah, dah. even before that, there was a. Um, Another big label called Cameo Parkway, stuff like American Bandstand started in Philly. So Philly always had a rich musical history, um, but but only with just like this much music industry, like just enough. So, you know, by the time hip hop started taking off, 85, 86, you know, there was quite a few rappers from Philly who um, did independent records. Uh, I mean, Will Smith is one of them. Yeah. And then start getting major deals. Schooly D was another one. Very famous song. PSK been sampled many times in, in hip hop. <clears throat> and um the third kind of top three guy was this guy named Steady B. Um and then later he had a partner named Cool C, or you know, they had a little click. Mm-hmm. Eventually their their path went left and they ended up uh doing life prison biz for for like a botch robbery. So anyway, um, but I like this guy. And, and what I liked about them was, uh, I mean, I'm like 11 and they like 16 and they got records out. Right. So it looked very doable. It looked very realistic. And I liked um, <clears throat> it just always struck me as a powerful platform. You know, what I'm saying. Um, you know, this is something that. We can. um shape the culture with even you know i don't know that i would have had those words at 11 but I always had that in me like uh <clears throat> I'm, I'm gonna need a platform in in this world and mm. it, it just came mm. to me like that so mm. you know i just started you know turning the record over you know i used to get my little allowance or whatever save it up go buy records and i would just turn over the instrumental and just start writing and it just kind of went from there you know Progressing through the years, when I was about nineteen, um, I kind of started pursuing a career. Um, you know, I went to LA and and you know, like that that record y'all played was was part of the first album I put out called By Design. That was two thousand one. That mm-hmm. actually that that beat you heard was by high tech. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, high caliber <laughs> producers involved. That's who did it. Laura Finesse was one of the producers. Um mm-hmm. This guy, Cutmaster Kurt, who was very hot at the time, helped dilated peoples become, you know, who they became. Yep. Um, ended up doing a record with Pete Rock. Probably is one of the most notable ones. Worked with Camp Low, Mm-hmm. Toured with Common. You know, a- everybody who was popping in the, uh, you know, in the original like raucous era. I was all all in that scene. So that's kind of like in a nutshell. Um, and and. Where that took me, um, kind of chasing that dream, I ended up going to Europe for a while. Had had some success there. Stayed over there for about two years. Really, just a lot of work and touring, etc. And um, yeah, and 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 came so that was like two thousand one. Came back like two thousand four, something like that. And just um, you know, the music industry was changing. You know, digital stuff was coming online, and and everything was moving from. CDs to MP3s and so that that a lot of people took a hit like that. And then um, you know, I at that time I had a a, a son and uh, I kind of just went off into uh family life for a while because most of my income and, and making records and stuff came from touring. And then so when I didn't do that for a while, I started getting to get into some other stuff and um you know, I guess we'll get to some of that later, or, or maybe we won't, or I'll tell you about it, <laughs> but that's generally, um, you know, my story, and so, yeah, I, I love making records. I still do it, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully we can talk about some of what, what I'm doing today, but that's, in a nutshell, I mean, I just I just came to the planet at the exact time that hip-hop was coming mm-hmm. up, and it just, it got me, you know, yeah. that's it.
0: This man had the heavy hitters on his was yes. My like, God, dang! I know some of y'all youngsters have no clue, but they are still active like that. Like that's right. Yeah, all the producers they're still active. That's
4: so right. I still get. I actually still get Pete Rock tapes
0: just, right. just to listen to the instrumentals. Oh, so yeah, man. I think he
4: just got a uh, unsung. I gotta check it out. TV oh. One, they just got a, a Pete Rock episode of unsung. Oh.
0: Oh man, that's amazing. Um, so, my man just name dropped eighty three names. on me. <laughs> um, So I want to ask: when it comes to your artistry, uh, we just heard a little about a little bit about where you, who you've worked with, but uh, Felicia, who are some of the people you have been afforded the space to work with, just kind of because of being a wordsmith or Family, because I know some
2: uh You want me to drop names? Okay, no. that's fine. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. There used to be a time where I didn't drop names because I was like, um, I don't want people to to treat me differently because I know this person or this person is in my family. Well, you are established now. So. Yeah, so it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and you never know what the future uh, holds in terms of family. We've talked about things like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So one of the cool things is, and this is actually how we met, We met in the 90s in Philadelphia. Mm. And we were just cool. We were just artists on the scene. Mm. And at that time, people hadn't made it big. And so there were open mics and showcases where people were developing their talents and then coming to be who we all know them to this day. So there was nothing to be at an open mic with The Roots, Jill Scott, uh, Floetry, Jazz, um... Jaguar, Right, Kindred the Family Soul, music. Uh, music. So, yeah. so they would be wow. they would be at the open mic. So the open mics that like mm-hmm. you all put together that I put to- they would be at the mics. So mm. and this is before they were known. Mm. They were just figuring it out, yeah. trying it out. So it was nothing to be on the same stage with them or right after them or before. You know, mm. that's just what it was. And to um, <clears throat> to be a part of. What Was it what they call it back then and feel like the Neo Soul movement?
4: I think that's the name that was put on. Yeah, I don't that think was none of us called it that we
2: didn't call it that, but that but we were that just was
4: the branding of it, yeah. Know,
2: like to so, you, right, right. you be at a garage and Deal was performed. I mean, like that was it was just no big deal. Um, so I have been on stage or after people with the group that I was with at the time, Daughters of the Diaspora, uh, Davine, rest in peace, she's with the ancestors now. <clears throat> My uh partner in that realm uh, in Philly but, uh, so anyway that was nothing you just were a part of it you know um, I always tell people I was at an open mic with uh, Jill Scott the first time she sung uh, she was missing her grandmother and she was a little tipsy I mean that's just real time mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was just like I miss my grandma I'm not gonna do a poem tonight I just wanna sing and so we're like okay you know And she got on the mic and just we were like what you know what i mean like this is this phenomenal poet that you know goes to all the open mics and so forth and you know tears it up as a poet but she sang and we were just all in awe like jill you can sing you know what i mean like and then the next thing you know she is who she is to this day Mm -hmm. um so that was incredible to bear witness to Uh, you want to name drop I was at the five spot was it the five spot? Is that what they called it? The five spot was a <clears throat> space where artists developed their skills. Oh. They weren't signed. And as I mentioned some of those names, that's where you got to practice. Mm. You know, you basically practiced in front of an audience. I mean, you not like it was your practice. you still had your set together, but you got to try out the different pieces mm. um that you were working on. And uh, one time, I was uh. In the audience, and it was this British group on the stage, and they were flowetry. They'd just come from Europe, went to Atlanta, and then when they were in Philly, figuring out their way. And I looked and I said, In the audience, while they were performing, Marsha. Well, Marsha is my first cousin, <laughs> Marsha Bros. <Ambrosia. laughs> so I, uh, She looked, and she was like, Fifi, because she can call me that now. Everybody, y'all can't call me that, okay? (laughs) Watch your mouth
0: out here. Watch your mouth. You
2: cannot call me that. And she stopped, like, in the middle of the set. And, like, I went up on the stage, and we hugged. Because I had no idea, you know, because we had been out of touch at that point in time. You know, you get grown, and you're doing your grown thing, and you're figuring Mm -hmm. out life. This was before Facebook. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it was. So it was. It was before all of that. And, uh, yeah, some, you know, flower tree blew up, right? And then um, they grew apart to do their own projects, and now Marsha is doing some incredible work right now. She's about to drop an album, and I think she pro- I think she put it out there already. So Dr. Dre produced it, mm. and that'll be coming out soon. So um, yeah, it's been an honor to walk in this light and meet the people that I have met and know the people that I do know. Mm. So I'm I'm very grateful. And I don't take that for granted. Of course, there's some other people along the way. Right now, um, a major hard hitter that blessed Verbal Gumble was Harold Green. Oh. Mm. And if you don't know who that is, if you look him up, he has two phenomenal books that he did about people across the uh, United States, black people, let me be real clear, that have made an impact on our community and he's touring and he came to verbal gumbo and was a feature you know that was what 2014 yeah Mm -hmm. i remember that yeah he was he was dope i remember that
1: and i remember when you had the feature poet who came who did improv pieces that was him he was was the one you could give him
2: um a couple words and he improv. Now he's got put books and he's touring. Fire, crazy, Fire. yeah. Like hey, improv poetry or he was like improv
0: poetry. poetry,
1: yeah, right on the spot. Different type of talent. Omni mm-hmm. got that type of ability, but <laughs> yeah, it's big as to my son, just the improv on the spot. Different type of talent, yeah, man.
0: Uh, different type of talent. We. We should do that. I'll hop in that arena. Listen, bro.
1: Listen, we was (laughs) talking. This is why we was talking, and I was talking about a plain no open mic ain't sustained. Listen, bro. Listen, we be talking,
3: but you don't be hearing me,
2: bro. Maybe we'll do something like that tomorrow because I like doing improv poetry too. So. Yeah, if you come through, let's see. Let's, you know, going to have improv cipher. They
0: had to learn something a little
3: bit. <laughs> yeah.
0: when we first started. We had to have to learn them something. Yeah, Stop playing with me.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> Stop yeah. Don't don't do that. I'm a, yeah. don't do it. <laughs> man, man, well, John, you got.
1: I know you got. Man, a I'm I'm a sitting week. here observing, man. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I I almost feel like it's too early for me to say anything, man. You know, honestly, I'm just sitting here observing. Uh, we do got Mr. Grant Agent over here, you know, <laughs> and um he did just name drop, you know what yeah. I'm saying? He dropped oh, yes. names, 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 names. But you didn't tell us how you got started into music. So how did you find your love of music?
4: Oh, yeah, I, I thought I touched that at the beginning. I mean, it, for me, it was it it was always rap and it was always records, mm. right? Um and why did I say that specifically, like, uh, I mean, I know how to do a show. I, you know, I can, you know, if people come to see me, they're going to be entertained. But something very even aside from the music, I mean, music is one thing, but records is another thing. Right. Because mm-hmm. a, a record is like it's it's a record. I mean, <laughs> it's right. It's a record of the moment. And if it's a little different now, I'm guessing. But, you know for for whatever opinion or thought you might have about how commercial stuff works or how the radio works like you could turn on the radio and see the psychology of the culture in the moment mm-hmm. like now you listen to the radio everybody getting shot on the radio everybody getting shot in real life mm-hmm. right so like a record to me is a very important thing because mm. it's a mm. it could be an artifact Mm. so for me it's always the record right so when when did I know like oh I'm going to do this well the first time I walked into a big studio right mm. I was in school I was in the arts program you know a recording and a video production program we had a project make a record we go in the, in the studio I see the board I'm like oh yeah I left school the next semester alright I know <laughs> what I'm going to do you know what I mean? <laughs> so for me it's, it's always about that because a a lot of how um, we got jammed up and tricked up is Africans is because the records been switched mm, you know mm. it's false records mm. that we've been fed mm. so the ability to capture something um f- like fix it in time so to speak. And like you like that. I listen to that record like, you know, whatever. I was 25. 20, I'm like, mm, OK, there's some good ideas in there. Obviously, I wouldn't do it the same today, but I could see where I was at at that time. Mm-hmm. So that's a record. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, and so w- who sees where Grant will see where Grant agent ends up. But s- somebody can always go and say, well, in 2001, this what he was on this, what, you know, and that's important because really, again, when you when you think about being Africans, right? oral tradition, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all that, you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. Like, and we, as we move through time, we gotta be more and more conscious of controlling, preserving, archiving our narrative. You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. because typically other people historically I guess historically you know all them records over there right you might a uh, hundred black people singing on them how many black people own the recordings all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff so I think that's my attraction it's it's not I'm not even that musical of a person believe it or not like, okay and some people will tell you like my like so I'll be singing this stuff they'd be like oh my god you got because I that's not what it's about for me. It's really about the record and like I could deliver this message, mm. and God willing it be timely and people could start thinking different. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my that's my own personal thing on it. You know no, what I mean? I
1: appreciate that, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, because yeah. it's always one of those things. You always want to know the why behind what people mm. do. Yeah. You know, especially as an MC. And yeah. I think it's one of those things where music is a tool mm-hmm. and sometimes the intentionality behind music being a tool gets lost in translation mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt. So no doubt. Felicia, um, as far as for you making that transition from being an MC, uh <laughs> being in the hip hop culture arena, uh being a performing artist, how did you make the transition to curating the spaces? How did you make that transition? Oh, that's a great
2: question. Mm-hmm. Um after being in, in after being immersed in Philadelphia and seeing how spaces of Black people could come together and share their gifts and talents, mm. I was inspired. Mm. So I came back to Omaha um, after I graduated college. I went to Temple University, came back. And I was like, ooh, you know, like I want to find a space where You know, we get an opportunity to share our gifts and talents on the mic. So I was going to some karaoke's and and I was going to some other places. And I went to Borders one time and there were people sitting down reading their poetry. Um, I was the only and Borders doesn't even exist anymore. Right. So this was in the late 90s. So I went. I'll never forget it. And um, I was the only uh, person of color. And uh, they, uh, the people were sitting in a circle. It was
1: really, really nice. Oh, like- I'm, I'm laughing at myself. I feel <laughs> out of the loop. I didn't know borders didn't exist. I'm like, hold up, there ain't no borders. There ain't no bars. No- hold up. Yeah, I didn't
2: realize them. borders. I used to, out. I used to love borders. I mean, because you could get really Yay. cheap books, right? So I went to this, like, it, you know, they had like a flyer on the on there. They're bored and it was like, uh, you know, poetry or whatever. So I went and people were reading like their books and it was really nice, you know, Um, and people have different stories. That's one thing I love about my husband in terms of like, um, you know, we control our narrative, right? Mm. So Mm. sometimes, oftentimes, for me, other people have narratives, um, you know, the sky was blue. She wore purple shoes and a butterfly flew by mm. and um and that's wonderful <laughs> That is wonderful, right? But there's something about black people telling their stories that is uniquely different from anybody else mm. because we're telling stories of experience. Mm. Let, let me be real clear clear storytellers, wordsmiths, right? poets we're telling our story because it's a lived experience Mm. it's not often flowering and i'm not saying that that doesn't exist it does but um it was different i'm still so when i went i had my poem memorized it was in my head and i had if different intonations and i had a little song here and they were like uh uh do you perform you know like are you a performer i was like well yeah i just did my poem a little different from You know, everybody else, it was just, it was, it was different, you know, because I think that when we are, are trying to be um, intentional on the planet and disseminate information, um, it's important to capture moments of experience so you can pass the lesson on to somebody else, Mm. right? Mm. At least for me. Mm. So after going to different places and spaces, um, I never forget, I had a friend. Gosh, I don't even know uh where Kevin is to this day. We were talking one day and he said, I said, Man, I just can't find a spot that, you know, really I, I fit in. I just, just can't, you know. I, I tried to go to Hank's. Uh I tried to go, I mean, I was going all these different places, 1. you know. 1.0, Hank's 1.0. it was 1.0 then. And it had, don't, don't get, don't get it twisted. I'm not talking about Hanks in a in a bad way. I'm just saying it had its audience. Mm-hmm. But what I was looking for was a ec- Um, people to have an opportunity to express themselves on the mic and it was their work Mm -hmm. and experience what I experienced in Philadelphia. So um, I never forget my friend, Kevin said to me, well, if you can't find a place to be at, create your own. Mm. And uh, Mm. I said, what? I said, you're absolutely right. Mm. So the first space Created in Omaha was InfoRhythms. It was at Daisy Mays on 10th and Jackson. Mm. Daisy Mays used to be one of the first vegetarian spots. They just were ahead of their time. Mm. I mean, if they were existing now, they'd be on and popping. Remind me of McFosters. Yeah, and it was was only them two. So Mm. it was Daisy Mays and McFosters. Uh, Daisy Mays was a little bit more hip in terms of you know, they would try out different things and I ended up working for them. So I put them on the cheese steaks and all kinds of stuff. And this was in the nineties mm. and it wasn't really like on and popping like that here in Omaha. But now, you know what I mean? Like they would have blown up if they were here now. Mm. So I'm um, the owner at the time, Angel. I told her I had this idea. She said, go for it, Felicia. You know, <laughs> and we did rhythms, which was disseminating information and using rhythm and soul to make it happen. So we had a DJ people would go up and perform. It's actually the first time I heard Michelle perform because she was a closet poet mm. uh, we worked together for this organization, an after-school organization, and I was like, I'm I'm putting on this event, I'm putting on this event. I want you to come out. She was like, "Oh, I don't. You know, I don't really I haven't shared my you know, I haven't shared my poetry out loud." And I was like, "Let me see your stuff." And so she shared it with me. And I was like, "Girl, you 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 got to share this because mm. I truly believe our gifts aren't for us. That's so egotistical, right? Mm-hmm. Our gifts are for the greatest good of humanity. Our gifts are to touch somebody else's soul, to hear somebody, to heal somebody else's spirit. It is it's bigger than us. We we get real egotistical if we think that it's about us. It's not about us. So I got her out, out of her shell. Mm-hmm. And for rhythms was first. Then the next one. Was um the owners of Grooves approached me? That was Steve and Darius, mm. and that was right across the street from House Saloon, mm. which at the time wasn't a House alone It was it was so It was a uh, Planet Soul. Mm. Where House Saloon? Yes, that was Planet Soul. Oh,
1: I, didn't, I always heard about Planet Soul. Oh that man,
2: that it was, was on and started. popping. Oh, man, that, that was the out. spot tonight. That was <laughs> the spot. <laughs> I was <plenty laughs> trying so, to figure out what building they was in. Like, it was oh, the house saloon. Oh, Lord. That makes oh, sense. Oh, they was back in that back. That was back in the... Nah. Listen, I promise you, it used to be on and popping. at, <laughs> at And it was bigger than what the house saloon was. It had the building next to it. Oh, oh, so you could go em- and chill where the couches were and there was something going on over there. And then you went all the way down to like where that barbershop is or that beauty mm-hmm. shop. I can't remember what's over there. Mm-hmm. And then that's where like the music was playing and people mm-hmm. were dancing and... It was hot and sweaty, and you know all of that. But you made a point to be at Plant and Soul. Aramone's flowing. Oh, what you what? (laughs) Yes. So, um, Grooves was across the street, um, and their idea was: listen, we got these live musicians. It was the David Collins Trio. Um, David Collins no longer lives here. He's from Omaha, and he was a part of some of the first bands that were here. in Omaha and they had a jazz trio it was three musicians. And so we combined poetry and a live jazz band. And that was packed every, now this is the difference with this. Now this was, this was all black people. This is this what made it so dope because it was a black band. Um, I was a black host. Mm. It was owned by black people mm. and black people came every Sunday it was every Sunday, mm. it was weekly. And it was packed weekly. Mm. Um, And so that was an incredible space because, like, Darius had, Darius and Steve knew everybody. So Big Les came by there one time and comedians would drop in that they knew. And I don't even know, like, half the people that they knew, but they would have people just show up. And then the next thing you know, it's like, what? You know, so that was super dope. Um, And actually, from that point, Michelle ended up, hosting after me because I was with Omni and at the time you could smoke in the clubs. Mm. And I was like, I can't be around smoke and be pregnant. Like I'm not trying to bring my yeah. son into the world like that. I bless his heart, he ended up with allergies and asthma anyway, <laughs> but you know, uh, <laughs> but I was doing the best that I could to be like, I can't be pregnant, you know what I mean? With child and womb and be around people just smoking because they, you know, you could smoke in the clubs. It was like no big deal to smoke in the mm. clubs, you know? Mm. Cigarettes and you know Whatever. Sometimes other things So all changes, <laughs> all changes ain't bad
0: <laughs> Smoking laws and seatbelts That saved a lot of lives <laughs> out here a lot
2: of <laughs> And I'm not saying you know, By no means am I incriminating anybody It's just that like you could smoke a cigarette in a club Back in the day I'll just mm-hmm. say that right And so people did they smoked right. So anyway um, that began My journey in terms of creating Spaces I was like oh now I can control The narrative right like as you talked about Babe controlling the narrative. So even back then, um, I know everybody is into like smudging and sage, but in the 90s, every event I had was smudged first. Mm-hmm. And so I never forget Darius one time on Facebook said to me, I know everybody talking about Sage now, but what isn't that what you was burning in the club? I was like, yeah, because we had to get the club energy out because we were trying to create something different in this space. Mm-hmm and you had you know, booty shaking and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You had a different yeah. vibration the night before right. and I wanted to shift, you know what I'm saying? Not to say that you, know, you don't appreciate a, a nice booty, that's fine, but this was supposed to be a laid back, eclectic, informative, jazzy experience. And I wanted to, and that's what smudging does, you know what I'm saying? Like it cleans the energy of whatever was there before so that you can create new energy. Mm. And that's what that was about. Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy because we having trouble now getting either one of those energies (laughs) to go. (laughs) Golly, everybody in the club standing around looking at each other on their phone, (laughs) making a recording of Yeah, we in here, we lit. And then to sit there and post, to tell you, you lit instead of being lit. Right. I'll right. be confused. What happened to the gene marks on the wall? Mm. We're trying to get them back. We gonna get them back. <laughs> we getting all those spaces back. We reclaiming it all. Oh uh, yeah. They all are necessary. Y'all got here because of that. Space. Uh, that's right. <laughs> and you got centered because of Felicia's face. Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what it was. So I'm 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 grateful that I had a gem dropped on me like that to just create the spaces I wanted to be a part of.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 I got a question. It's kind of shifting gears a little bit, but I don't know if you all had the uh, opportunity to listen to Kendrick's new album, Mm -hmm. Kendrick Lamar's. And of course the most polarizing song on there is the, we cry together, (laughs) the the argument. Yes. Um, But it's really a, um, a metaphor. Cause he says at the beginning, this is how y'all sound Um, like on the internet with the back and forth. And with you all coming to union with as powerful as you all are, uh, could you talk about the importance of uh, joining and, and and being in Black love and what that means to um, fostering that relationship and what it means to the people out here uh, who are looking for those that type of thing?
2: Wow. If this is not divine timing, we were just talking about that this morning. Oh, really? Right. <laughs> yeah? No, really? Yeah.
4: Well, lay it on
2: us. <laughs> Go ahead, baby. Well,
4: you know... Um... That's a, a very vast uh, question and subject, but without a doubt, you know, just from personal experience, um, I had to uh, grow up and grow into, um, and I still am, um, the desire. Now, this is not everybody, but where I grew up, I didn't, I didn't have a, a homie who had his father in the house till I was in my 20s. And when I started going to do things in other communities, like go to school down here or go. So my whole upbringing was, you know, that single mom, mama's boy, um, you know, was Foster's, that pimping mentality, all that, Mm. everything that was not, be a man but you know you told this is how you be the man or you told you the man in the house and so for me it was a lot of uh growing out of that to first um understand the value of a good partner Mm. right uh or the value of being equally yoked and what that can do for the trajectory of your life now i know i was in other relationships and found myself like what the fuck? And I knew the relationship had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was attracting that and I was into that and I was on that. But when it came down to it and you like, God damn, it's like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, Old demeanor shit. We yeah. talk about them. Like, <laughs> shit, <Yeah. what? laughs> you know, the choices that you made mm-hmm. got you here. So, you know, for me, it was a lot of, a lot of healing, a lot of, um, Working on um, recovering from trauma, you know what I mean. I, you know, I ain't ashamed to say it. A lot of therapy, a lot of um, different groups, and you know, I never been. Um, how can I say it? Because 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 along with the the madness I saw around me, um, I did see people get into recovery and turn their lives around, and so I saw the full gamut. You know mm. what I mean, and so. When my time came When everything I knew Wasn't working no more um, I I, By the grace of God Was able to start Turning it around And this is a slow turn And um, You know So You know I end up um, Two years ago Right Um, And you, you talking about Somebody who Was never Without something or somebody Mm. that i could you know Mm. i mean i'm talking about from yeah i'm talking about from 15 on from Mm. the first piece on yeah i made sure i could always get it i'm serious that's who i was so after that whole roller coaster horrible marriage horrible divorce single parent all that like And doing the work, I end up in 2020, you know, like single for the first time since the first time. I'm Mm. talking about from 15 to two years ago, Mm. 30 years Mm. straight of just playing games, right? (laughs) So I'm like, damn, like I'm single. And I was, it was great, you know what I'm saying? It was beautiful, it was like, don't nobody Think they my girl. Don't know nothing. I'm single. Ain't,
0: you know ain't got a lot. I ain't got a lot like, of kicking no more. I'm chilling. That part.
4: And just right when I'm celebrating that, like, I'm, you know, I'm in therapy. I'm like, we digging deep. And, um, you know, F- F- Felicia um, and I, you know, we didn't talk since whenever, 98, 96. We're not even sure of the year until, until about 2017. I was in an accident, you know, major like vehicle accident, and it got around on Facebook. She reached out, so that was the first contact I had with her in that Mm. whole time. So, you know, yeah, I'm good. How you doing? So, you know, but you know, I seen her. I was, and she was. I mean, obviously, always attractive, and um, you know, even back then when we was younger, for whatever reason, we just never went there. So, you know. I'm like, damn, so she was just coming to mind every once in a while, but I was in a relationship. So I'm like, even by that time, I'm like, I- I'm at least not going to make no messes. This relationship <laughs> might be a mess, but I'm not going to <laughs> no, no, no yeah, add, no mess. Give yeah, thanks and ma- praises. <laughs> so, you know, um, so again, like I'm still working on me. I'm working on me. And, you know, I end up single and and just, you know, I end up in therapy one day. And I'm like, you know, this, this, this woman been just coming to mind, coming to mind, right? So my 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 like, well, tell me about it. What's up with? So I'm like, you know, she's you know, she, she living Omaha and this and that. So he's like, wow, it was just some. Um, they had some bad weather out there recently. Yeah, he was like, that might be a reason to call. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? so find a way to run some games. So I mean, this is my, you know, my therapist telling me this. It's like, <laughs> Might be a reason to call it, Shout know. out to the therapist.
3: <laughs> hey, y'all ain't right? the therapist was, was throwing alley <laughs> Hey, Boy, hey, Peyton, what it do? What it do, Peyton?
4: Man. So I reached out and then it just really kind of went from there. But to answer the question, you know, um, look, man, we we not um, we not creating Havoc in our community, mm. you know what I'm saying, mm. and that's because we worked on ourselves. We made ourselves available and ready to do the other work that comes when once you really get in there, because then other stuff come up. Yeah. But you know, if if you haven't been prepared by example, you're gonna have to prepare yourself on your own. Mm. You know what I'm saying, and that's what it was for me. I mean, Felicia's story, very different, two parents the whole time. You know what I'm saying? So that's, I you know, I found that mind-boggling, to be honest with you. I mean, I just didn't grow up with that. Mm-hmm. None of the homies did. Nobody did. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So for me, that's what it's about. You know, like, um black love is, is powerful because, like, one of my... You know one of the 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 elders I look up to the most in, in Philadelphia you know who has done extraordinary things here in the community, she so always say like the family is the problem, but the family is the solution mm. and so we're gonna have to love each other out of our conundrum mm. one way or the other, so that mm. that's that's the value of it for me.
2: You following that up? I I don't even know. (laughs) I I think my king said everything, you know, but I will say that um, I'll just I'll add this part. I did grow up in a two parent home. Mm. But I think the the narrative at the time around what a two parent home looked like. Um may have changed over time and space. Mm. So I know that my parents were, my dad was the provider, you know, my mom I raised the children. Mm. Um, even though she did work, I saw my dad providing my mom caregiving mm. right um, And I was I was the oldest. so I was raised to be highly independent um to the point that in my life dating was was challenging at times because and i'm not i'm not saying that this is wrong by any means i'm just saying that this was my experience if i had to take the trash out too i didn't need you Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because i learned that i learned take out the trash, cut the grass, clean the gutters, change the tire, you know, and then all the other stuff that quote unquote was what women did too. Mm. So if I was doing all the stuff that I learned growing up, it made me hyper independent. I didn't know how to be and I can honestly like say that I didn't know how to be interdependent. Mm. Mm. Um, And then it intimidated people. Mm -hmm. You know, that on top of um, here you are in the public eye, right? Mm. Like, how do I approach her, mm. right? Um, I think in some instances, and I say this with love, some people just felt like they got lucky, <laughs> you know mm. what I'm saying? Like, And then I was private, mm. you know? Like, if you didn't put a ring on, you, nobody really gonna know that we together, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, you might come along. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I have strong feelings and care about you, and I love you, and I've had some incredible lovers over the years. I'm very grateful for all of them, right? Mm but um it took a lot of work in terms of mm. self reflection unpacking my shit mm. right and then recognizing that some stuff ain't even yours it's just stuff that's carried on from another generation that you carried right mm-hmm. and you know when we reconnected I had just graduated from a spiritual warrior training with Ayanla Van Zandt, mm. Mm. <laughs> so um, that was six weeks of intense assignments, work, spiritual fortitude. Mm. You know, and I couldn't even tell people that I was in it because she was very adamant. Like the people that got picked to be a part of this. This Basically, this rites of passage, this is not about everybody knowing this. Mm -hmm. This is about you doing this work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there was an assignment every single day that had you reflecting about yourself. I mean, to the core of who you were, your your flaws and all. You had to do certain things every single day, which demonstrated commitment to yourself and to the God within. Mm. And it was really powerful i mean and transformative which was in alignment with who i am so like you know if you've seen my post or heard me speak you know that i'm usually i tend to to lean towards the spiritual side Mm -hmm. but that's just been always a part of me i just don't say everything that i've been a part of you know like i've been in workshops with dr jill pukran been in workshops and trainings with uh, queen of fool before she was known you know what i mean so um that, that's been a part of my journey I just you probably just like well, something something about her yeah it's because that's been my journey but right before we got together I had to do like this was like a cleansing of the soul you know what I mean like because I don't think I would have been open and so for me our our marriage is still a learning curve like mm. Mm. I'm still learning some things like oh whoa it's not just me you know what I mean like we can make a decision together I don't have to just worry about that mm. um mm. Mm. And black love, based on the history of who we are as a people Mm. and what we have been through in this space, Mm. is revolutionary. Mm. Because Mm. everything is against us Mm. not to be together. And some Mm. of that we know historically was and is by design. Mm -hmm. They don't want us to be together Mm. at all. There's so much stuff out here right now. You know, you think you're supposed to be with him, her, them, they. You know, every everybody in their mama right now like that's supposed to be the look or mm. you know, it's all about getting money or if you ain't flying me out to Europe on the first date, I ain't going out with you. I mean like it we have been bamboozled by the wrong record as my mm. husband mentioned, right? That narrative is not true for us. Mm. But once we finally realize who we are as a people because what we experienced here in this space, that was just a part of our story. That ain't the the story. You know, we got to go back and see what we did and how we ruled and how we created and how we learned Mm. and how we taught the entire planet. Mm. So yeah, coming together, attracting your divine right mate, partner, helpmate, it is a revolutionary act mm. and honestly you cannot do it without the creator as the foundation mm. Mm. You, ju- you just you mm. just cannot do it
3: mm. 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 breathe <laughs> that was uh, that was heavy man uh, you know, i think it,
1: it was one of those things it's kind of like when um when the sister told me you can't have a revolution on an empty on an empty stomach, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like really to you know to move in a space like this where kindness is viewed as weakness and where yes. hate is is a, a a definitely guiding force you know like nah love is mm-hmm. very very powerful and it is an act of rebellion you know mm-hmm. to move in love to express love to be love like it is an act of uh, rebellion so thank you for that yeah, yeah. thank
2: you yeah. for it's that a question. Act yeah love is shoot that's the master healer Mm -hmm. it's the thing Mm -hmm. that everybody desires and at the same time is ready to talk shit about it Mm -hmm. you
3: know Mm -hmm.
1: so i guess then right as we get ready to wrap up the conversation and i want to ask my final question to you too um we didn't talked about where y'all been Mm -hmm. we talked about things that's happening what's going on now what's next what y'all working on what's some of the things that y'all got in the brew because it's it's disrespect to call an artist an ex-artist because once an artist always an artist so I know y'all always creating what's next what y'all working on
4: shall I
2: yes baby you should Okay. Proceed Uh, to rock the mic. You know what I'm doing tomorrow? Okay, I'll just say this real quick. Tomorrow's Verbal Gumball is the reunion. I'm going to say this real quick because my husband has, he has a little bit more to say, but um, Verbal Gumball, the reunion an opportunity for people to come together for the greatest good and experience live and in person power, passion, culture, poetry, love Mm. in real time. Mm. So... I look forward to seeing everybody in the house. Make sure we support our uh, creatives in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. We'll have some limited t-shirts, you know, really dope t-shirts for Verbal Gumball. And we're just going to be in the house and we're going to have a good time like we always do. So I, that's that's the big thing of what I'm doing right now. Sorry for some other stuff a little bit later, but that's in this moment. I'm t- We talking about real time mm-hmm. books. You know, affirmation cards, um sage bundles, uh, you know, finishing plays. I'm gonna have to get my husband to help me on that one. But those kind of things, those are in the near future. We're gonna come back to them affirmation <laughs> cards.
3: We'll
1: yeah. just drop that in there. Don't
2: <laughs> don't forget I
0: don't I don't think I don't remember that play you told me about a few years
2: yes, ago. Yes. That yeah. play is it's yes is that the same play you performed i know and i was like oh my god i took up all this time i didn't all i keep thinking of oh my god it was too much time but yes
1: okay Mm -hmm. you're not not powerful performance Mm -hmm. yeah for you grand
2: agent come on grand agent come on baby ready yeah Yeah, he's been playing modest he came ready (laughs) Uh, he always ready ready
4: so i mean this is it for me right now right so uh you know at the end of 2020, um, I since 2009, I hadn't lived in Philadelphia for 12 years. I lived in L.A. I lived in, in the New York area. I, I, you know, I just wasn't in Philly. And uh, I lost a, a good friend of mine lost his mom at the end of, no, actually around my birthday 2020. And I went home and just started missing people. And I was like, hmm, I mean, you know. Cause I, I I just left Philly because one as a uh, trying to break into the music industry, like I said, the lanes was really clogged, um, and it's a type of place. Sometimes you gotta get your stamp somewhere else and come back, and they be like, oh yeah, I know him from. It's kind of one of them things. So, long story short, you know, end of twenty twenty, you know, people getting killed left and right. They running up a you know five hundred body count and. I run into a homie of mine and he's like, um, you know, this guy I went to school with, and we was actually roommates for a while. I actually forgot about that. This is how long it's been since I've seen him. <laughs> and uh, he's a firefighter in Philly coming up on 20 years. And he like, yo man, he's like, we we ran into each other at this, this grand opening. One of our other homies opened a barbershop. We're like, oh man, we started talking. So he real heavy hearted about the gun violence. And long story short, we start talking, what can we do? We talk ourselves into launching this app, right? Mm -hmm. So we got this app called Philly Truce. Um, We've been through a couple little iterations of, you know, and still tweaking it to make the the best, uh, make it as effective as we know it can be. But essentially it's to give the people in the community an opportunity to get mediation involved Mm. in something Mm. when they pretty sure it's going to go left. Right. Mm. And why is that important? Again, back to our narrative, our record, our, you know, ain't nobody dealing with the cops. We know that. Mm -hmm. Right. So essentially people uh, in our community have resigned themselves to, you know, uh, live among murderers as opposed to turn them over to the police. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, Hard way to say it, but that's the truth. So we don't deal with the police, and we promote that very heavily on the website phillytruths.com. We are not affiliated with the police. Essentially, we recruited some volunteers. We had them trained as mediators, and we just started taking calls. Um, You know, we promoted it. We got in the news, whatever. So we've been figuring it out for a year and some change. We just had our first anniversary on May. May something May twenty first second
2: hmm. baby it was the second anniversary.
4: No, no, that was the second Philly true. Oh, oh, was, yeah, first, first anniversary. anniversary. Yep, yep. I stand corrected. Right. So, so this is going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we, it's, it's definitely beautiful to be in a new city talking about it because part of our vision is to export it. Um, so, but right now, what can you do if 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 you live in the Philadelphia area and you need help? You can just put this app on your phone and get help. Mm. You don't need to live in the Philadelphia area to volunteer on the app because anybody, anywhere, obviously like any other app could take a call. And this is just some basic instructions Or how do you feel the call and forward the information to us. So that's kind of like my life as of lately, Mm. Philly Truths, right? Mm. Um, Mm. And boy, has it consumed our life. Yes,
2: our life, yes. So that's that's (laughs) what
4: we up to. Now, what's this poster I'm holding? Now, <clears throat> everything I learned how to, everything I learned in being a recording artist has become useful in doing this, right? Yeah. No surprise, that's how life works, right? <laughs> no degree, no nothing, just like common sense and getting people hyped, alright? <laughs> that's all it is, like, Make a spectacle, promote it, get them involved, see if you can get them get them to stay. So anyway, <laughs> so now I'm bringing my music self, entertainment self, in to help promote this movement. So we got our first album, Truce Music, and we're just going with Philly Truce. You know, Grand Asian is just one of the feature artists. Mm-hmm. So this record called Zero Homicides Now, this is our first single. It's featuring Blizzy Trill, one of my protege's uh great artists. You can watch the video right here, you could listen to the song right here, you can download the app right here. So this is this is like what Grand Grand Agent is up to. You know, we are <laughs> it's mm-hmm. always about the story and the narrative. Mm-hmm. We we rewrite in, in real time the narrative of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. As a people who have brought themselves back from the brink of destruction. Mm. And um, if you know Philadelphia or if you know any northeastern city from Boston all the way down DC, it's all about tough guy, chip on the shoulder. I'm gonna get you before you get me. Mm. So we're talking about generations of this mindset now, but um, I'm I'm gonna end it with this. As soon as I got into this work, um, I learned of a of a story, uh, a Philadelphia piece of history that I never knew. Mm. Um, Philadelphia not really big on gangs. Bloods, Crips, super organized, but there was a time when it was more organized, you know, in my parents' time as teenagers in that generation. They had they called it gang war, right? And it would be just like you know this corner versus that corner, that block. Mm-hmm. Same scenario, you know. They used to they used to just come out and rumble, or you know somebody might get stabbed, somebody might get beat with a bat, right? But they like what schedule rumbles <laughs> and like we every oh my god yeah, exactly yeah. Very, yeah. Tribal. very tribal very tribal place philadelphia so a woman uh queen mother for Laka for Tide and her husband this woman found out her son was in a gang she said oh no that can't be what are we gonna do they moved all 15 members of this gang into her house. Hmm. 15 guys sleeping on the first floor, on the floor. Long story short, that evolved into a whole institution. It's called the House of mm.
3: Yeah,
4: And they brought the gang-related violence from whatever that number was when they started, 68, 69. Um, they started uh, in 72 where they, they had a gang summit. I mean this woman and it reminds me of myself cuz this woman was a music journalist this is what she did she used to write articles mm. and um she was just going with it she went to the she wrote to the UN how do you conduct a summit took the UN rules had a gang summit 1972 so this was the beginning couple other campaigns so by 1976 there was zero homicides from gang related violence mm-hmm. that means you know what I'm saying like by getting involved aggressively involved in these young brothers lives mm. they stop killing each other mm. and I learned that one of the um pivotal things that the uh, David fatal he, he has uh, trans um, transitioned already at the gang summit he read this book. It's called a hundred lynchings. And you know, it's just newspaper clippings of lynch lynching stories. Mm -hmm. And so he read this to them and he like, what are y'all beefing about? Mm. This is what we all facing. What are y'all beefing about? Mm. Some corn that you don't own, some and they turned it around. So I'm saying all that to say that's my vision and my prayer for Philadelphia. Zero homicides now. Yes. yes so hopefully we can play this record and I'm gonna leave this here and leave a couple flies so your next <laughs> couple guests can know. And um that's really what it's about right now. Philly truce. Um that's 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 it, Philly truce. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, that's Philly it. Truce is our mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And yeah. and I help put on events, doesn't that make sense? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, alicia has been extremely patient and supportive. I mean, we, you know, we've been, we've done peace patrols, go out ourselves. Yes. You know, we we like, we've beta tested everything with our own bodies mm-hmm. and money. Mm-hmm. You know, so now we're at the point where it's like, okay, we figured out a few things. You know, we organized in the business of it. Now let's let's grow it and and really blow it out. But it, it fell in out in my lap. Kind of just about the same time we got together. Yeah. And to answer your question again about um, without the right woman, I couldn't do this. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Imagine I had to argue every time mm. I got to mm. go to mm. some, but you can't do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. So mm. this this marriage, this union, this relationship is really um, has has open the door to to purpose. Um, not that we didn't have purpose before, but, you know, when people really going to do something in the world, I mean, you could, you know, you might see some kids come up and, but if you're going to do something um, really substantial with your life, I mean, we at the age and the time where you really start to hit your stride. You know what I'm mm. saying? We, you know, we we mature enough to not fuck it off. You know what I mean? We mature enough to not take it for granted, but we young enough to have energy and passion to commit to something. And yeah, I mean, look, we tell each other every day how grateful we are for one another. Yeah. We, we do, we, you know, don't go to bed mad. Like we, we protect our, our relationship because we both view it, as a
2: gift yeah mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Oh. Yep. it's time to walk off on that one. <laughs> I walk off home run uh-huh. um i just want to give gratitude and thanks for both of you all joining us and you know undeniable necessary information to be shared with everybody that we talk to and just to us in this room in general um, we appreciate y'all for coming um, we're excited we're going to listen to this song after we get done recording because my man camera dying. <laughs> but uh, we definitely appreciate everything that y'all have done, are doing, and will do.
2: Thank you. Yeah. This was a blessing to be here. Yeah, with. exactly. Yeah. And we, we just got off the road, right? Yeah. <laughs> Driving. How many hours? That's. Today was only six. Yeah, so we, we but- We left yesterday it. at
4: 4 a.m. We made yesterday. it to Joliet, Illinois. We took the night there. We had about six hours a day. But, you know, mm. I used to be, a tra- I used to drive track to trail. Oh, so uh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: he's like, it's, it's nothing uncomfortable. It's it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, we look forward to a great event on tomorrow. That part. We look forward to tapping in, seeing how we going to tap in a little bit more on that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that zero homicides at Philly Truce. Mm-hmm. Um, Because we got our own things here. Yeah. You know? exactly. mm-hmm. So, um, it could be something that can definitely grow and and be of use uh, in a lot of places. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate y'all, man. We gonna get on up out of here, man. You youngsters got school and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> man, they got jobs. So yeah. But
2: okay. <laughs> well, we're thank grateful you, to see you. Thank up. you for having us. I yeah. love the
4: name Streets A&R. A and R. That's a brilliant name. I love it.
2: Yes, and, thank
4: uh, you. Wish y'all much continued success. Thank you, well.
2: absolutely. Thank you for having us. This, it has been a blessing.
0: All right, thank you. It's your host Giddy Jicky with it. It's your other host Johnny No Good. We got Miss Miss Casher with Cash. love Mrs. Casher. Yes. Katra. <laughs> and we got our guy Grand Agent in the
2: building, man. Grand Agent Casher. Right. <laughs> Give him the cash. We, that's right. We attracting cash and abundance and wealth and health and joy and adventure and opulence and luxury. Come on now. Mm. <laughs> she, couldn't, she couldn't leave without a poem, man. We, well, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, that was the affirmation. Part. That's what. I'm that's exactly it. what it was. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> Hey, real MC right there. Right there. <laughs> All right, be out of here, y'all, man. All right, hey, peace. peace. The beats. The beats. The flow. The flow. The rhythm. The rhythm. The
3: rhythm. All movements start from the streets. Streets. Streets saying our podcast.